Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. The trick is you just uh, go into jiggle mode on your home screen, like while you're not in a focus mode, and just hide the home screens you don't want. It's like hide your work one, and so you won't see that while you're just in normal mode, and set up some automations to have your focuses go on when you like go to the office or more likely right now just at a time of day <laughs> throughout the week uh you could just have it go into work mode and boom your uh your phone and your ipad just and your mac even although the, the mac doesn't really have home screens but uh yeah they all just kind of like switch to different modes and your notifications change and you get the summary at the end of your workday with like all the notifications that it hid from you and it's one of the best updates i think they've shipped in years for all their platforms and they did it to all of them at the same time and that's it's uh it's pretty great welcome back to another episode of ipad pros i hope everyone has been enjoying the os updates ipad os ios and watch os those dropped just a few days ago as this episode is released in this week's bonus episode, I'm joined by Matt Birchler, and we are going to be discussing in depth our thoughts on the announcements made at Apple's September 2021 event and the OS updates that are now out. Make sure to check out Matt's work at birchtree.me, where you can find his blog, newsletter, and awesome YouTube channel, A Better Computer. With that said, I just want to remind everyone that you can now financially support iPad Pros in two different places. First off, patreon.com slash iPad Pros. Get episodes early and with embedded MP3 chapter markers by supporting the podcast at any tier. Bonus content is also available at the higher tiers. You can also now subscribe to iPad Pros in Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts is an all-inclusive single subscription. So you'll get all of the bonus content plus episodes early by subscribing to the show in Apple Podcasts. By default, subscriptions are monthly, but if you go into your subscription settings in the Settings app, you can switch it to a yearly plan. My thanks to everyone that currently or has in the past supported the podcast financially. This podcast is not a quick one to produce, and your support is greatly, greatly appreciated. You can also support the podcast for free simply by leaving a review in Apple Podcasts. No matter your region, it really does help. The reviews help send the right signals to Apple to show this podcast more in search helping others discover the show. If you have a minute today, I'd really appreciate you opening up the podcast app and leaving a review. My thanks to everyone that has already done that. With that, here's my discussion with Matt all about the new OS updates and Apple September 2021 event. Enjoy. Welcome back to the show, Matt. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be back. Absolutely. So uh, pre-show, I saw you were wearing some awesome uh, headphones that I recommended on the last show. So congratulations on those. Yep. Yeah. Um, podcasting is not earning me money. It's definitely uh, costing me money when I come on with you. So I'm excited to see uh, what we talk about today. I'm sure nothing expensive. Oh, nothing. Everything Apple sells these days is discounted heavily mm -hmm. and just, just on fire sale. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> No, the real trick Apple has these days is uh, bundling it into either uh, 12 monthly payments or 24 monthly payments to make it not feel as bad. Yes, this is this is true. It's not you're not spending uh, four digits on a, on a phone again. You're you're spending forty forty five dollars yeah. today. That's a it. Month. Yeah, yeah. What's that? No big deal. Right? No big yeah. deal. <laughs> <laughs> I joke, but it is a brilliant move that does not hurt as bad because it's slowly and is interest-free and all that so it, i don't know it's a brilliant move that they've done oh uh, for sure as we yeah so um so in today's show we're gonna dive into all the stuff apple was talking about at the event uh last week plus uh the os updates that we've been playing around with over the summer and that will be available to everybody by the time this show is released because uh, the os update comes out uh, monday and this show will be out uh, the following 
a couple days later on Thursday. So I hope everyone's updated and uh, we'll have a lot to talk about there. I've been using the watchOS 8 uh, GM and that's been a lot of fun. And you've been using that over the summer, which is always impressive to me that uh, <laughs> the watch beta goes on there. Yep. I've only bricked one Apple watch with a beta in my life. <laughs> How did the, the Apple genius uh, uh, take care of that one? Um, they did swap it for me. Um, it was, I, I mean, the most I can say is that we never explicitly, uh, said that it was running any beta software, but they never oh, asked. Okay. So, uh, never yeah. Asked. yeah. And it was, I cannot tell you how dead it was. So there was no way to see what OS it was running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, let's dive in new iPad hardware. This is something I thought we weren't getting until next month and it is here. We have two new little uh, members of the iPad family, the iPad 9th generation and the iPad mini 6th generation. And as I heard iPad mini 6th generation, I saw iPad 9th generation. I, I looked into when was the first iPad mini, and that was alongside the 4th generation standard iPad. And the reason we're only up to 9th generation for standard iPad is because we had this weird um, adolescent period of iPad, I would say, as it was discovering itself. <laughs> and uh, it, it transitioned to uh, the iPad Air for a couple years as the main iPad. And then they did the iPad Pro. And then finally, after the dust settled, they're like, oh, let's do a cheap iPad alongside the iPad Air. And then we get the Pros now. So, And, and the Mini, it had um, a surprise in looking into it. It had really steady updates every single year, the first like four years of its life. And then took a hiatus from like October 2012 to March. Um, or wait, that, that's their standard iPad. Um, took a hiatus from September 2015 to March 2019. Yeah, now it's September 2021. We have another update. So... I think outside of this weird adolescent year of the iPad, um, both the mini and the standard iPads are getting some pretty regular updates, which kind of surprised me when, if you discount the like middle, that weird period we had, it, both of these models have gotten regular updates, you know? Yeah. I, I thought the, um, I, I did get the impression that the mini was longer in the tooth than it was, but then I saw that it only had an A12 previously. So it's not actually that old, um, but yeah, I mean, I, they they both uh, got updates, and I think they're both kind of perfect updates, kind of for what we were hoping for with those products. Yeah, the September 2019 iPad Mini uh, is the previous 2019. one. 2019, okay, yeah, that's much more recent. And that was, yeah, and basically what that one was is everyone's saying this is, oh, this is the iPad Air Mini, and the same thing happened in 2019. It was the iPad Air Mini, uh, but... Back then, it was still the same design because that's the iPad Air still had the same design, but it had the same basically internals, um, the higher specs of the Air, and uh, yeah, that's what they're doing. And I really, really like what they're doing here with the <laughs> the new Air is great, and I really curious to see what um, accessory makers will do with this magnetic back on this uh, Mini because I think you could do some interesting things there. I think the Air is a really, really, really good iPad. Um, and then the Mini, I'm super happy to see. is kind of like, it's it's just a Mini Air. Um, like you said, it's got basically all the same features. And uh, it even has like center stage. So like in some ways it's even better. And they didn't go like uber premium. I was kind of worried this Mini was going to be like $800 or something. But they kept it yeah. relatively close to the old one. So $500 is not isn't horrible. I definitely, it was low enough that I hovered over the buy button for a little while. Um, <laughs> but didn't actually pull the trigger because I, I absolutely do not need it. There is a sale right now at Walmart evidently uh, you can get uh, 50 dollars off the 256 model um which is uh, interesting that's already that much discounted by like eight percent wow yeah um <laughs> and yeah this is a 15 because they just throw the best chips as they can in the 
the Air and the Mini, because that's what they do these days. Yep. And um, yeah, so previously um, the iPad Mini was three ninety nine, and that was the price point from the iPad Mini two through the five. And uh, originally it was three twenty nine, just like uh, our new low end iPad, and it had a, like a seventy dollar price increase when it added the Retina display. So uh, I guess every time they do a major revamp, uh, they can increase the price. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I, I think that I don't know if people are just hungry for a refreshed mini or whatever, but like, I feel like when even like typically when Apple products go up in price, there's some backlash to it. And I feel like I haven't seen any of it. I feel like everyone's just like, well, that clearly stole the show. That was the product. Yeah. And like, everyone's happy about it, which is no, great. I, I think, yeah, $100 more expensive. I don't think it's that big of a deal. It's $100 less than the Air. Mm-hmm. Get a lot more screen with the air and you get the keyboard options, but I, like with the 12 mini, like I'll pay for miniaturization. I know not right. everybody does. So with the mini as we've seen, but um, there is a market for it, I guess. Yeah. Pilots. Uh, I always absolutely pilots. Yeah, I, when, <laughs> oh yeah. And when I've been at airports occasionally, I'll see kids with the mini and like mm. now it's not uh, like a cheap thing, but it's like perfect for a kid as far as side, touch targets and things. Yeah. Yeah. When I was, um, I used to be a, manager at target and this was like six seven years ago at this point but even back then like we had like uh like district people would come in and walk the store and all that sort of thing and even back then like everything was on ipads uh and they used ipad minis just because they were small enough to like stick in a pocket or stick in a bag and they were like nothing but they were super powerful and you know got the job done so yeah and this one looks even more like holdable than Mm -hmm. the previous one like it just looks like a perfect i don't know it just looks like perfect uh you know in your palm of your hand you got this little ipad that you said a center stage like the new low end one and i love that center stage is going everywhere it's kind of remarkable yeah for sure i mean that's uh it's it, the air is the only ipad i think that doesn't have it now uh and of course no Macs have it but i'm i would guess that that's something that'll be rectified uh when we get new max again but yeah i think uh even that 329 ipad even though like the enthusiasts like us don't really have a place for it and uh some of us would have liked to see it get USB-C. I, I think for the market that they're selling to which is really education is a huge thing they're gonna the price is good the uh performance comparisons they made to chromebooks which are like the leading thing in education right now um i think it's all really good in those places if they do have ipads they have lightning built into everything so for them i think yeah the charging carts and yeah everything. not having to switch their connector is a, is a huge deal the most remarkable thing just looking at the previous specs of the eighth generation ipad uh, do you want to take a gander what the front-facing camera uh, megapixel count was I'm guessing it wasn't 12 megapixels. <laughs> it was not. It was not. Uh, was it 8? So the previous mini that was 7 megapixels, okay. uh, just as reference. And it, I, oh boy, I, I don't even, I can, I, any guess is going to be embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, answer is 1.2 megapixels. No. We're jumping from 1.2 to 12. So wow. It's like literally, I love how it's like 1.2. So you basically just multiply that and you have 12. <laughs> Good Lord. That's like, original iphone like a, <laughs> yeah man is that a hundred percent uh what is that a thousand or I, I don't know math well enough for that uh i'm not i'm not gonna try to do math on a podcast <laughs> yeah yeah but that's i just i just was, fell my back if i see what i saw that's like 1.2 up to 12 now it's good lord it's crazy that's crazy and uh, the yeah one of the big things too was uh, True Tone. so one of the things that truly bothered me when i got the ipad pro with true, true tone was I still had my iPad Air 2, and I'd work side-by-side side next to it. Mm. And 
the color was off on the non-true tone iPad and it, it drove me just a, a little bit insane. And I, I ended up getting rid of that uh, to, for a true toned iPad just because, uh, you know, having the same color matching is, uh, you know, important for me at least. Sure. So absolutely. I'm really glad that true tone is finally on this basic iPad. It's got everything except for the ProMotion and wide color gamut. So I think we're pretty much there. I don't think it'll ever get ProMotion. Uh, maybe 10 years from now. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But it's it's got basically all the iPad-y things, which is great. Yeah, for sure. It, it's in the, uh, the Apple Pencil fits like perfectly there on the side. <laughs> and yeah, it's... it's yeah, a, from the Mini. Yep. yep. Yeah. It's, it's just a product. Uh, I mean, I feel like every iPad, I wish I could own every iPad. I don't need them all. I really just need one. But all of them are like... Except for the maybe the baseline one, which isn't for me, but like the mini, like I want to own it. I just don't have a good reason. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like, let me sell my ten and a half inch iPad Pro for the mini, but mm-hmm. I'm looking at like I'm mean, spending money and like I like this ten and a half inch iPad Pro still. Like I don't know, there's not, I can't really justify it that well. At this yeah, point. yeah, and yeah, USB C. I mean, that would be great to just have everything be USB C. That seems lovely. Yeah, literally everything in my life except for my iPhone at this point is USB-C. It's pretty, yeah. And I guess my headphones, my uh, AirPods, but that's that's it. Everything else is USB-C. It's, it's a lovely and connector. I, I love that they like, there are rumors of like a smaller pencil. I'm glad they just moved the volume ones a little bit to make sure the pencil could fit there. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have to buy a second pencil to use it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. The, the, the fewer times they can update the pencil, the better, frankly. Just... <laughs> Oh yeah, it's super great. Don't like just just stick with it until there's something really big to change about it. And uh, storage doubling for that basic 329 iPad, so 64, 64 gigabytes, which I think that's a pretty good baseline. Uh, 128 would be even better, but 64 that's I think for most people can be a pretty good place to be. Yeah, 64 is okay. I feel like 64 is getting to that spot where the 16 gigabyte like iPhones were for a couple years, where it's like yeah okay it's it's it'll work but really you're gonna run into issues if you do much with this at all so i i, I yeah they nailed it they nailed it with the iphones they're totally. all 128 at the low end and I, that's great that's and great like as we'll talk about with the iphones later like they didn't increase the price so like even though the 13 standard and 13 mini didn't get all the whiz bang features they doubled the storage for the same price so that's I think pretty substantial. Yes, yeah. We're getting ahead of ourselves, I think, but yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about <laughs> the very end, but yeah. Um, and then um, we got some colors. Um, Starlight. Yeah, these colors, uh, man. This Colors yeah, this year are all like, over yeah. the place. Yeah, so the Mini has Space Grace... Oh, wait. It used to be Space Grace Silver and Gold, mm-hmm. and now it's Space Grace Starlight Pink and Purple. Uh and I want to see the starlight in person. I guess it's like a gold, silver, like halfway in between each. Which I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. This is kind of a consistent thing across all their devices this year. Like the colors are a little weird. I don't like the real, like most of the real colors this year, I think are garbage. Um, they're just so muted. Like last year's, so we're going to mix in the phones a little bit. Last year's 12 mini blue was just saturated and beautiful. Mm-hmm. This year it's, not so and it's more of a pale blue but last year's red was you know not great this year's red that's where the saturation uh went they only have enough money to put saturation in one color per year I guess. <laughs> only so much pig- pigment to go around you know i know right yeah it's expensive to have extra pigment yeah so I, I don't even know which one i would get i yeah it's hard to say yeah i'd probably for the ipad mini if i got one 
either purple or starlight i'd probably say right Oh, yeah, the purple the purple goes kind of along with like the small, cute, like little tablet thing. I guess yeah. I'd probably go purple. And I'd love it too. Yeah, well, cool. <laughs> oh yeah. I just wish it was I want more vibrancy out of their their mm-hmm. colors. They're always very timid with that stuff. Yeah. The colors of the air are great. So I w- if they had just done what they do with the air, I'd be totally happy. So um four gigs of RAM instead of three in this mini, so that's great. Awesome. And then um cellular. Uh it's got five G. And uh, a really cool tidbit is uh, the carrier, if you activate it on, like, T-Mobile for a couple months and, like, send in the promo thing to them, they'll give you a $200 uh, virtual credit card. And it only costs 150 to upgrade the cellular. So even if you uh, have to spend two or three months on a data plan, you're basically netting zero uh, to upgrade the cellular on this mini. So that's really, really awesome. Huh. Nice. I feel like you keep tempting me to buy this thing on the air, but I'm, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, Wi-Fi 6 is an upgrade from Wi-Fi AC it had before. Um, the screen brightness is the same, 500 nits. So that's uh, pretty much identical. It's totally fine. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. This is all great. Um, I think we lost a headphone jack. Is that right? I think the last mini probably had a headphone jack. Uh, <laughs> uh, it probably did. It's, like, it, it's so weird that it's not even on my radar anymore when I look at a new product. I know, like, right? I, I, we're, we're slowly losing them. Yeah, I don't even think. I, it would, didn't even cross my mind to be like to like look at the renders and be like, is there a headphone jack anywhere in there? Like, it, It's so far gone from my life. <laughs> it's really yeah. just my Mac. Yeah. My Mac has it, and that's it. Yeah. I would have loved if they had a smart connector on there just i don't know i would love to just throw it on my huge magic keyboard if the magnets could magically line up that would be nothing lines up the camera's totally covered and it looks ridiculous <laughs> right. but you got a full-size keyboard you, know. you got a full-size keyboard that's all you need oh gosh um yeah and then yeah these are all available like uh starting this week or next week yeah i i won't um I'm, again i'm not hitting the button but i i did actually kind of go through the order page and it's actually still available for friday next week uh when it ships i can still get it day one crazy yeah i'm uh holding off on this one got other expenses this fall as we'll talk about with the watch and uh, yep <laughs> um and an oled switch uh, which we'll not talk about on this show um <laughs> Uh, so before we move on to the watch, I want to spend a little bit talking about iPadOS 15, and it's, um, I think, a pretty decent update. Uh, one thing we did here today is we got clarification on the RAM that developers will be able to ask for, and we just heard in the early summer that you'll be able to ask for more RAM, but we weren't hearing how much. And evidently, developers will be able to ask for 12 gigabytes of RAM if you have one of those fancy iPad Pros with 16 gigabytes. So that has me very curious to see what developers will take advantage of all this RAM in my iPad. Yeah, that's that's a considerable amount of RAM. Like on my Mac, even if an app was using 12 gigabytes of RAM, I would question, right. question like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you're behaving badly. Yeah. Yeah, but... I don't know. Because, yeah, LumaFusion runs well. I'm guessing this is for all the layers you want to procreate. Like, I'm not, I'm not even sure how LumaFusion would be enhanced by all this RAM. I'm sure they would be. Yeah. I'm not sure in what ways, though. Well, because LumaFusion has a hard limit, I think, of, like, six video layers or something. So, like... Oh, so maybe... Maybe they, they could, could raise that? A pro, right, a pro level of LumaFusion. That would be great. That is a limit that... I, I, it doesn't always happen, but sometimes I just get into a situation where I'm make, making a video and I have a considerable number of layers. <laughs> And it, it really right. is frustrating that LumaFusion can't always uh, always do that for me. So if they could unlock more, that'd be awesome. Yeah, and uh, maybe their multi-cam update, if you have an iPad Pro, could like expand how many cameras could 
could be in that uh, area. Yeah, for sure. I mean, anything that, I mean, yeah, anything that makes the iPad more pro um, and lets more workflows happen, I'm always going to be in favor of. So uh, I think that's great. Hopefully, uh, yeah. this is a blocker that developers had, and they're not going to go, oh, great, you give me more RAM. I can't even use all the stuff you have today. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, it's a step in the right direction, for sure. So something I was disappointed about in the final GM that everyone has uh, now these days is the Quick Note used to have three different window sizes, and they got rid of the tiniest window size, which was... A very useful size because it matched up perfectly with a one-third split screen width. And now we just have the middle and the larger size. So I hope that small size someday comes back because that was super nice. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't really used Quick Note that much. I don't use Apple Notes, really. Um, I use yeah. Drafts and Obsidian and Notion. I kind of use those for all sorts of things in my life. But Apple Notes doesn't really have a place. Um, like, I'm curious what value you've gotten from having Quick Notes uh, over the summer. It's just, uh, I found it super handy to, in a simple keyboard shortcut or swipe up to have a place I can just dump text as, like, oh, I'm on the phone and then, oh, they need to tell me something real quick. Let me dump some text in here mm-hmm. uh, or I'm on a website. I'll be gathering orders for the, the dinner tonight and calling in. Let me grab a quick note for that. I know there's a lot more I can do with it with like highlighting stuff. I haven't done a bunch of that, but I just like the utility of having this window. Like it basically adds the ability to have another window. So I love this floating window that I can just like have as a text repository. And then like you, I'm not a big Apple notes person. So I'll probably copy that text and dump it into uh, a different repository at the end of the day. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It's one of those features where I I think on like stage, they showed like you can be on a website and you can take a note about that website. And then when you come back to that website, the note will still be there. Um, And for me, I was like, well, that's not a workflow that ever makes sense for me, but I'm sure it does for other people. And I'm sure there's other ways to use it, but yeah, it's kind of like the iPad mini is a product that I love and I think it looks great. It just isn't for me. Um, that's kind of how I feel about this feature. Yeah. I'm curious how third-party developers will integrate with this because they have the ability to deep link into their own apps. So that would be kind of interesting if, I don't know, you're in a project view with an OmniFocus and you open up a quick note and you can somehow link it to that project in some way. I don't know if that even makes sense uh, from a <laughs> workflow perspective, but I don't know. They're, I'm curious to see what developers do to integrate with that. And uh, yeah, it's great that you can just summon this new window because now we have picture-in-picture as a window. We have quick notes. Um, we have slide over. So we're getting more windows than I've had. I, I hope we <laughs> get even more windows next year, you know. Not 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 windows. iPads don't do windows. That's a whole separate we thing. We do floating, floating um, things. Things, yeah. They're things. Yeah. <laughs> windows would floating totally panels. destroy I, iPad OS. Yeah, we do floating panels is what we do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so you pointed out to me that low power mode actually turns off ProMotion on iPad Pros. I didn't realize that. And then I started scrolling with yeah. low power mode on. It's like, oh, that does turn low, uh, ProMotion off. Yeah. It, you never you don't appreciate ProMotion until you, you don't have it. And, and yeah, you turn on low power mode on the iPad. I assume it'll do this on the new iPhone Pros, uh, the new 13 Pros as well. But yeah. I imagine so, yeah. Kicks it down to 60 hertz, and oh boy. Uh, I, I genuinely thought my uh, iPad was like down to 30 hertz or something. I was, I like, this can't be right. But yeah, uh, it's, a good, it's a good battery saver, I'm sure. So that's great. But Oh, I'm sure. You'll definitely notice it. Yeah, I love how the iPad, the low power is at 10% because they know, oh, iPads <laughs> last longer than iPhones, so yep. you don't need to kick it in at 20 like the other like the phones do. How have you found the multitasking menu and the refinements there um that's an 
It's a little, I think it's good uh, for discoverability, for like helping people like figure out. Because those three dots, like I think when we saw them at WWDC, uh, we were wondering like how subtle they were and like are people actually going to notice them? Um, you definitely notice them. Like they're all, they're on the screen all the time. So it's definitely a thing I think people will notice and hopefully it'll help people discover multitasking. But I think as someone who was so familiar with it, um, it actually hasn't been hugely, uh, changed, hasn't really changed how I use it a ton, but I do like the fact that you can always grab those three dots and just kind of move windows around like right away. Um, I felt like that wasn't a thing you could do quite as easily in iPad OS 14. Yeah. yeah and the fact that, uh, so you can drag them, uh, to left to right, or you can just like, if you want another app, you can drag those downwards and get to your home screen and then pick a second app to go next to it, which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah, and like just I, it, it feels more. I don't know. Like you've always been able to kind of like drag and drop things all over the iPad, uh, or at least for the past few years you have. And it just feels like it's like you can do that more with Windows now. Like you can drag in the multitasking view. You can drag apps next to other apps, and like suddenly they're a app pair. And it's just it's it's nice. Like I I think that they're definitely improving the multitasking. Considerably, I, I I do feel less constrained by like the iPad uh, when I want to go into multitasking now. I think the more I think about it, the yeah. more I kind of am appreciating the things that I've maybe gotten used to over the past few months of using the beta. Um, <laughs> I I do think it is actually uh, it is encouraging me more to use multitasking because previously I t- tended to stay in one window. Um, but I probably if I looked at my like analytics or whatever, if there's any way to check this. Um, probably isn't but i would suspect i probably do spend more time in multitasking now um just because it's easier to do yeah and uh the keyboard shortcuts you can navigate with that i'm still trying i'm still learning <laughs> after a whole summer i'm still learning all the keyboard shortcuts for they're so complicated and stuff there's a lot of them too <laughs> yeah. there's so many yeah. of them I, I cannot figure them out so i i just use my finger still <laughs> yeah there at some point It'll finally click for you know I know I know a couple of them to like navigate um, left and right in the app switcher kind of thing. Okay, but yeah, mostly I'm still using my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched an overview recently, like on YouTube, of like here's how multitasking works on the iPad. They went through all the keyboard shortcuts, and I just like my eyes glazed over. I was like, okay, I'm glad they added it, but they added all of them. <laughs> There's so many, and then- yeah, you have to like each month spend a month just doing yeah. one keyboard shortcut and then let's move on to the next set that's probably what i should yeah. do you're right because <laughs> like none of them are like on the mac or anything where i can pull in that knowledge like it's all they're using the globe key for things it's a, it's a brave new world it is yeah uh and then i talked with uh, matthew casnelli the other week about shortcuts and uh, since that episode i built out a really awesome dock icon that i can just pull up my dock and hit this and it pulls up like a menu of letting me pick out like a slide over app and instantly launches that into slide over. And that's been amazing because you can tap that and a video will continue playing. If you're watching a video at the time, it won't pause that. It'll just keep playing while you pick out the app and pops it up. So the ability to just like have a single app in my dock for all my slide over apps mm-hmm. has been really transformative for me. And I think a lot of people will find utility out of that once they build that for themselves. I, I think they will. I feel like I see it retweeted in my t- timeline on Twitter, like every like three hours, <laughs> <laughs> it keeps popping up. I, so I, 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 I've, uh, have it on my to-do list to actually add a similar one <laughs> for me. I think it's really great. I, I just wish, uh, there was a way for me to do a similar thing with like split screen apps. I'd love to just like keep, keep like, 
the leftmost app and replace it with this different app. But mm, uh, mm-hmm. currently, you can just create certain app pairs versus just like telling it to just swap one of the apps and keep the other one there. Hey, it's it's still pretty pretty darn good. Like this is a power that I don't think we would have expected on the iPad just a couple of years ago. So it's pretty oh, cool that sure. this is possible in the first place. Yeah, and um, widgets are now an iPad Woo. on the home screen. Some people said it couldn't be done. You know, <laughs> Apple needed to make sure everything lined up properly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it took them a year to uh, figure out you needed to space out the app icons a bit more so the widgets could line up properly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Yeah, what do you think about these? I, I, yeah. it's, it's, it's so good. It's everything I dreamed it would be. Like, I use a couple widgets on my iPhone, uh, but obviously they make more sense on the iPad. The iPad, like the home screen can be a dashboard. You can utilize the big widget sizes and get like multiple. They've got the extra large one that's just like freaking massive <laughs> that you can put on it's there. It's great. It's so good. And like, it's, it, they just, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Like, I hope they add some more interactive elements, uh, next year. Uh, but even as it is now, like I see my calendar up there, I see a full weather report. I see like recent files that I've accessed and like my Apple TV stuff shows there. Like I just have like my homepage, which has a couple and then a couple like apps that I launch. And then my second homepage is all widgets. It's totally filled with widgets and it's just it's great. It's a much better iPad home screen uh, than what we've had uh, for the past decade. Yeah. And I got on the card hop uh, beta and uh, they mm-hmm. added the extra large size for their birthday widget. And that thing is glorious. Like I have basically have a, a dashboard of all the birthdays coming up within, you know, pretty much the whole year coming up here. It's like, <laughs> here's everybody. Here's how old they will be. Here's the dates. And, yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Card hop is a, is a really nice app. Um, yeah, I need to, I sh- I should probably get that on on there so I can keep track of birthdays. I used to use Facebook to do that and now I uh you know, I'm a little would, would rather use an independent app to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's funny cuz like back in the days where we liked Facebook a little bit. Oh, least, adore you know, Apple. Yeah, I I used it quite a bit. Uh <laughs> Yeah, in 2004, I was one, in one of the school like first schools that it rolled out to and it was like the hottest thing. It was so cool. It was so fun. It's not quite the same anymore. <laughs> not the same. But I will say uh Apple did integrate with Facebook and Twitter back in the day. Sure did. And um during that time uh my contacts yes. you know, sucked up all the birthdays out of Facebook. Mm-hmm. So those are still in there uh, feeding card hop now. So, You're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank God they did that for like three years. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm very excited to see what other extra large widgets come out once this uh, you know update comes out for everybody. And uh, I really hope Shortcuts eventually gets there because that's still pretty disappointing that they don't have the extra large size. Yeah, because I think that vexes out at like eight you can have on screen in a widget, I think. You could do multiple yeah. widgets, I guess, in multiple folders, but yeah, an extra large would be would definitely be appreciated, especially if your folder is huge. <laughs> right. Yes. And then uh, focus mode kind of enhances this widget thing because, like, we can now have these separate modes of different widgets, and that's just been this combination is just so nice, and not being able to be able to hide apps because you have the app library now, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just yeah what what kind of focuses are you using yeah so focus mode is absolutely the best feature i think in all the updates that are coming this fall 
and I, uh, I'm using it mostly on my iPhone. The iPad's kind of the second most, uh, but I'm using it uh, for, I've got a couple different modes. There's a, I have a mode for when I'm at work. I have a mode for the weekend, which I think is really, really nice. Uh, so I just have like an all fun home screen on both my iPhone and my iPad. So like all the work stuff gets taken away. It's all fun stuff, all things that'll make me happy or be fit or whatever. Um, and then I have a, a bedtime one. So just for like the last hour before I go to bed, kind of like a more serene stuff, take all the news off the home pages and everything. So yeah, the iPhone and iPad, uh, I've got different home screens showing up for like the weekend when I'm going to bed and then just uh, while I'm at work. Uh, so nice. yeah, it's, it's a nice little system. Like I'm trying not to go too crazy with it. Uh, but yeah, those kind of things <laughs> have added up to uh, a good experience. Yeah. The custom home screens just make it so much fun. Like I never thought I'd see this day where you could just swap out your home screen and click. Yeah. It was, it was kind of weird to me. Cause I was like, Oh, I can't set up like a all the time focus mode. I was like, can I just set like a normal mode and it's kind of weird because you have to like allow like check every single person in your contacts is like allowed to message you and everything um but yeah the trick is you just uh go into jiggle mode on your home screen like while you're not in a focus mode and just hide the home screens you don't want it's like hide your work one and so you won't see that while you're just in normal mode and set up some automations to have your focuses go on when you like go to the office or more likely right now, just at a time of day <laughs> throughout the week, uh, you can just have it go into work mode and boom, your, uh, your phone and your iPad just and your Mac even, although the, the Mac doesn't really have home screens, but, uh, yeah, they all just kind of like switch to different modes and your notifications change and you get the summary at the end of your workday with like all the notifications that it hid from you. And it's one of the best updates I think they've shipped in years for all their platforms. And they did it to all of them at the same time. And that's, it's, uh, it's pretty great. Even, uh, I'll use it paired with my, uh, iPhone for the watch. And at night I have, um, just a simple, like, um, red digits, um, just time so it's very simple and distraction free and i i really like being able to update the watch face based on the focus mode yeah and are you doing that with a shortcut yeah just yeah. automation shortcut and that yeah it's just a red modular face that's just like as out of the way as you can ask for yeah you're right that is the one thing that is missing is the apple watch supports focus modes but it only kind of like changes your notification preferences. It doesn't change the watch face. I was really hoping you could change the watch face based on your focus mode, but you have to kind of yeah. like set an, a shortcut that automatically triggers when you turn on a focus mode. So I actually have that set up too. So I have like a, the, uh, what's it called? The uh, infograph modular, like the one with all the widgets yep. or the, all the complications for work. for work. And then when I get home, it switches to uh, one of the typography ones. And then um, I've got, what's that? Uh, there's a new one called World Time. Uh, which has like I really a like world that one. Clock, we'll talk about that um, in a bit. But and yeah. with its around, it's kind of a new one. They just added in the last uh, GM, uh, but that one's my weekend one now. So nice. Yeah, it can do that, but you have to use automations and shortcuts. It's a little hacky. Some people won't discover it as much, but uh, totally works. So it's kind of cool. So last thing on focus mode, I just want to mention is it'll pay you dividends to go through your contacts app and clean that stuff up and even set up like contact groups. Uh, I did it with card hop because uh, having a group for like family and being able to just really easily click through all the like, and then a work one with all the important people that you actually want to include in focus modes. Because mm-hmm. otherwise you're just scrolling through this endless list of contacts and it's kind of a very frustrating setup process yeah it is kind of annoying i actually have had literally two people in my life who aren't like super tech nerds but are nerdy enough to be like oh i know the like 
release candidate is out there. I'm going to install it now. Two people have messaged me and said, oh, I need to clean up my contacts because this is insane. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I would I would encourage people to do that. Um, Safari has had a um, interesting, fun uh, summer of updates. Summer of fun with Safari. That's definitely how I would yeah. put it. <laughs> so um, we still have tab groups. Um, we still have color matching if you want it yep. up top, which I actually like that effect uh, personally. And we have pull the refresh, which most of the time I like that, except for when I accidentally do it and I don't want it refreshed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but a lot of times it is very nice having that. And then we are getting Safari extensions. I've not had a chance to play with any of that stuff. I really hope we get some cool extensions coming out next week. Yeah, um, I've I, I I definitely I think they landed in a pretty good place with Safari on the iPhone. Um, the iPad's a little uh, it's it's okay, definitely better than it was at the start of the summer. But um, yeah, the uh, um, sorry, yeah, the extensions that uh, are now available through web extensions uh, on the iPad and iPhone are pretty solid. Um, I have one that I've been able to use this summer. It's called Noir. Okay. Um, N-O-I-R, uh, and it basically forces dark mode onto any web page that you're on. Uh, and so it's kind of like the desktop where you can basically make it automatically run on every website you go to, or you can have it only run on certain ones on demand, like that sort of thing. So um, it's pretty good. Like it works like a desktop extension does. Like the only kind of difference about it is that on the iPad, you can't just have like an icon in the uh the like toolbar at the top like yeah. it won't show next to the address bar it'll show like an extension like little puzzle icon in the address bar you click that and then you can click into your extensions so it's one step further okay. away but it's um you know it, a lot of these are like passive active uh kind of or sorry the passive things that just kind of happen on websites so it's yeah. really not that bad and with noir can you program it to like if my ipad's in dark mode to always activate this and kind of match system setting yes i think you can he says as he pulls up the app on his phone <laughs> um yeah, I'm pretty sure you can do that. I, I I don't think I can do it that fast, but but yeah, I mean, okay. there's no way, there's no reason uh, an extension couldn't do that if they wanted. So even if Noir doesn't do it right now, um, they totally could add it as a feature. I don't think there's any limitations that would stop them from that. Cool. And then um, yeah, tab groups I've been loving. I've been using that uh, to keep track of a couple different sites, and it's just been handy to have. Um, I don't know. I think people will find some utility out of that. So yeah, uh, I'm using one of the tab groups. I'm using the tab groups to uh, basically write. A, I write a newsletter every week, and I kind of go into this like newsletter writing mode. And so I have my Substack dashboard, and then all the tabs that I'm like looking at. I want to link to uh, those stay in that tab group. They don't like interfere with my other just general web browsing, and they sync between my devices. So like if I start working on my iPad, I can pick it up on my Mac or my iPhone later. So uh, it's just a really it's my only use case so far, but it's been really really convenient to have. Cool. And then um, live text has kind of blown my mind every time I've used it. It's and so good. <laughs> it's so good, right? Yeah, it, it's it's unbelievable. It's it's uh, it might be. I, I think focus mode is my favorite thing, but like I think live text is going to blow people's minds uh, when they get it next week. And you'll interact with it in a couple different ways. Um, first off, just searching in Spotlight brings up remarkable things. Like you'll find, I searched for Tom Cruise out of you know. So I was there's some something I was searching his name for i I forget what probably related to the movies but i searched tom cruise and in spotlight it pulled up a screenshot from 2012 i took on facebook of someone talking about 
Top Gun 2 and excited to join the cast or something. And this is just remarkable. This is not a photo that's downloaded locally on my iPad by any means because it's such a really old screenshot. Mm-hmm. And still, it showed up in live text. It's doing some miraculous <laughs> OCR with these you know, cached images that are already in local. Yeah, because it only does it. Uh, it is local processing. I don't think any of it gets uploaded to iCloud. So I think all your devices have to do it. So it's probably just doing it on the uh, the thumbnail that's like this, the yeah. low-res version that's stored. It's so good. It's so reliable. Like, uh, I haven't really done, like, official testing to, like, really push it to its limits. But, like, when I take a picture of something and there's text in it, like, it, it basically always gets it. Um, and, like, sometimes shockingly so. Things that are pretty far away that I wouldn't necessarily expect to see or, like, curved text, like, it, it figures it out. Like, it's, it's really, really impressive. Google Photos has had this for, like, a year or two. Um, and this is really in my experience pretty on par with what uh what they're doing there and it's just um it's faster it's more it's it's pretty darn reliable uh, probably similar and you can even do it in the camera so like while you're like just holding your camera up to something you can select text like live in the viewfinder yeah like i got some kind of bill that i need to put my account number in online so i just like grab the paper point my camera at it and let me just live text this thing rather than manually you know, write it out, and it's like this is this is great. <laughs> uh, something <laughs> that uh, disappointed me a bit in the, as the GM came out is that it looks like the iPad used it used to have this option um, in any text field to just tap, and the little menu thing of options was like a live text thing. It seems like they yanked that out, and maybe developers can add that selectively, but that is now just seems to be for iPhone, and then live text you gotta. Like, go to the camera or, like, go to a certain place now to get live text into the iPad's text input area. So it's kind of a, a, a shame. I wish, like, it was system-wide like it is an iPhone. Yeah, that's that's a little weird. I have I hadn't noticed that. I had noticed they really push it on the iPhone. Like, when you, like, tap into a text field, you'll always see, like, a paste op- option to, like, just paste whatever's in your clipboard. And then right next to it is this little icon for pasting live text. So, like, that'll bring up your it's camera. It's so handy there. Yeah, it's so handy there. And uh, it used to be there on iPad. So, yeah, I don't know mm. what the deal is with removing that. Uh, and then it does work not only in English, but Chinese, French, Italian, German, Portuguese, and Spanish. And I think there's a way to, like, translate between the two. Or, like, if you live text a Spanish thing, like, on a sign, maybe it'll show you in English if your phone's set up in English. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if it will. I actually coincidentally got something from Japan recently and uh, tried scanning that, and it did not work, unfortunately. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I wish Japanese would have said, maybe next year. I, I suspect that's the thing that they have uh, they have people working on, <laughs> expanding that to many more markets. Yeah, I imagine, like, Apple has, like, staff just, like, working on text. Like, that's their job. Let's add language support in different ways. I don't want to say too much, but I know a few people who do work at Apple, and I would not be surprised if that is someone's job <laughs> to be so <laughs> focused on just, like, you're in charge of making this sort of text work. Yeah, like your Japanese experts work on that text. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's- so, um, yeah, anything else on live text? Um, no, I think you should, you should definitely check it out. Um, it's going to be in the Photos app if you have, like, a photo of... Uh, anything with text in it, uh, you'll see a little icon on the photo and just tap it and be amazed. And then just, you'll know that forever. You'll start taking pictures of everything uh, around you yeah. so that you just have it. And it shows up in spotlight results, like you said. So you can just search for this uh, at a later date and just find like... Um, it worked really nicely for me. One one great use case is I have a photo of my uh, license plate 
in my photo roll. And for whatever reason, I never save it to a place I can easily access. So I'm always like scrolling around to like, when did I take that? Um, but now it just shows <laughs> up in my search results because I know like three of the letters. Um, and so it just shows up now, which is awesome. That's, that's great. Yeah. And does this work with PDFs too? Does this uh, work there? Uh, I haven't tried it with a PDF. Okay. Yeah. Cause I know like OCR used to be a hard computationally heavy thing that, you know, your Mac would be cranking away for like hours and spinning the fans up to do this. So it's just boggling. Yeah. Just I, I do. I do feel like an old man sometimes when I think about like, do you guys appreciate how long this used to take and how <laughs> terrible it was? <laughs> yeah. I used to scan in my textbooks mm-hmm. on my um, 2007 MacBook Pro mm-hmm. 17 inch and a DevonThink Pro office and it would crank away at that OCR. That thing took a while to get that OCR it's going. It's so crazy. It's so crazy how fast this happens today. <laughs> yep. Oh, gosh, yeah. And then um, the Photos app has had a couple updates. It's better at recognizing certain objects. So this kind of goes along with live text. Uh, you can find stuff much easier now than you could in the past. Mm-hmm. And then um, these interactive memories that you can kind of tweak and stuff. And those have been really delightful over the summer. Yeah, th- those have been cool. I know you can tweak them a little bit. All I've really done is use the thing where you can like kind of freeze on a picture you can like hold your finger down and just like stop there for a second uh and then it just picks up when you let go and picks up just where you left off and keeps going and like syncs things to the beat of the music so pretty clever i it's it's a really uh it's it's maybe a small thing but i i wonder if it's maybe one of those features that like like i don't want to say the word but like regular users use like all the time um and this is going to be really meaningful uh for them when they get the update. Yeah. So one of my absolute favorite things, and I've had OS 15 and iOS 15, is hide my email. This I've been using like crazy. <laughs> uh, have you been into this as much as I have? Um, I am not an Apple Mail user, so uh, I haven't. I've seen the option whenever I click into a text field uh, for email, but I've never used it myself. Okay. So I'm looking now how many times I've used this already over the summer, and it uses a little bit. It uses the ones from previously as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time I order food now, or basically order anything, or sign up for anything, you know, I signed up for the Bloomberg. Uh, newsletter mm-hmm. that mark does and i used a private one and i'm just gonna do a quick count so i'm gonna guess there's around 20 per like scroll on your ipad and i oh boy get, <laughs> like three or, i probably have about 100 or 120 emails that are um these hide my email wow. things okay. already and that's just a couple months here so okay um, that's that's i'm using this quite a lot yeah yeah seriously and so how so how does that work like because it still goes to every email sent to those still go to your inbox um right are you able to basically just like disable one of those addresses and like you just won't see it in your inbox ever again yeah so in the settings app in the iCloud area there's a list of all your hide my emails and i can say let me go to um PetSmart, and I can just de- deactivate that email address, and then it's gone. Nice. And they're all labeled with what site they are, and it's it's really nice that you can just like go in and like someone's being a bad abuser of my email address, I can just shut them off. Yeah. Uh, the one kind of nefarious thing I thought perhaps video streaming companies will hate about this uh-huh <laughs> is they just removed every friction to sign up for free trials endlessly yeah um yeah i mean i know there's like these like throwaway email like providers that people have and like they do stuff to block that and they block like the gmail thing where you put like your name at like plus the plus icon yeah. and then like whatever and that's all works i know they do some stuff to block that maybe they'll block you from doing that i don't know yeah maybe it's kind of interesting i'm looking through so the hide my email 
Um, you can tell if it was a sign-in with Apple or a hide my email because the um, the hide my emails are all an at iCloud address, and then the sign-in from Apple are at privaterelay.appleid.com. So they are different, and it does tell you at the beginning of like the address, this is a sign-in from Apple or this is a Safari. So it kind of mixes those in there together. Okay. Hmm. And it's it sounds like a really nice feature. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm I'm on Gmail, so uh, it's not compatible with my with my provider. It's but not, you need to just uh, what you need to do is are you able to forward like an iCloudy address into Gmail? Is that a feature that iCloud yeah. offers? Oh, does iCloud offer it? I have no idea. Yeah, so I know I know I have my Google email forwarding into my iCloud, so I have the opposite direction. Yep. Yeah, that totally works. I have no idea. For me, iCloud has always been just such a dumpster fire for email. I just have never not gone back in a long time. So maybe it's maybe it's supported, maybe it's not. But it's just it's like burn me three times. Okay, maybe I'm done. <laughs> but some people love it. So yeah, the place you'd probably find that is in the web portal for iCloud with settings there. Maybe I don't oh know. my god. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we have iCloud Private Relay that's uh, in beta right now for the release and. I've been using that on and off. Sometimes it's been breaking iMessage, and uh, hmm. but mostly it's pretty nice, I'd say. Yeah, I've had it on all summer, and I I have really haven't noticed anything. Like I think I've seen some people show it uh, impacts their uh, bandwidth a little bit, like the, your speed just isn't as good. Um, but for maybe I just don't care enough, or haven't downloaded big enough files. Yeah. But like it really hasn't impacted my day to day use, so I've just had it on all the time. And I really hope this helps. I, I know advertisers they use your ip address to know what you're searching for and also what other people in your house are searching for Mm -hmm. so i really hope this will help stop i get complaints like once a month my phone's listening to me and they're just really good it's like i didn't search for it but the person next to you might have yeah hopefully this puts an end to the this kind of thing happening because like i don't get these kind of ads because i I don't know. I've, <laughs> I have ad blockers and stuff. I don't use Google, but mm-hmm. I know I get all sorts of complaints in my house. So hopefully iCloud Private Relay can make our phones less creepy. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, anything, Maybe. anything to make them less creepy is probably good. I'm not going to say a bad word about that. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like uh, it's definitely been... Um, I, I guess the best thing I can say about it is it's not exactly the same as a VPN, Um but VP, right. every VPN I've ever used in my life is like, oh my God, can I just turn this off so I can have good internet again? Um, <laughs> right. Even like paid ones. And so this is, like I said, the fact that I turn it on and it doesn't really feel like it's uh, impacted my usage. Um, I think that's, uh, that's a great thing if it's giving me a little extra privacy. Yeah. And you can have it set up per network. So even cellular. So I can say, um, you know, my cell network for my iPad, use mm-hmm. iCloud really on my home network. Don't use it on Starbucks. Use it. Like yep. you can very granularly change what, where it goes, what, and then do you use HomeKit video cameras at all? I do not. Um, I use HomeKit for a lot of things, but not video. I know that's Me a new either. thing for so, uh, iCloud Plus, though. Yeah, yeah you get more cameras. I, I don't use these, so uh, <laughs> you, just, you get more, so that's great. Yes. Uh, and they're available on Apple TV, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, you see like a notification, I think, on the Apple TV when something happens, and it like, has like package delivery or so- notification yeah. or something now. So, yeah, for those people using it, it sounds, sounds wonderful. I mean, imagine... If you're like a rich person, you could have this as your security system. Oh, you're just wait. in the control center. And let me think about that TV for a little bit. And the yeah. home app and just all the, the dashboard of all your cameras. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm just thinking about <laughs> being a wealthy person for a little while. <laughs> I know, right? It must be nice. Uh, communication. A lot of cool things here. Um, so portrait mode 
in FaceTime and other video chat apps, basically anything that is a video chat, you can, with Control Center, pop on portrait mode to blur out the background. You can change the audio to within Control Center as well to be more voice-focused or, you know, the wide spectrum. Yep. Which is and, great. Uh, yeah, that's that's system wide, just in the control center, which is neat. Yeah, th- those are those are totally awesome. Like it would have been kind of cool if they were able to shove this into a release uh, in twenty twenty even. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, it's it's totally. These are things that yeah, like obviously uh, the world is not back to how it was before, and it probably won't be. Um, even if all, all the bad things went away, like we're still doing a lot more video calls now than we were before. So yeah, I think these will pay dividends uh it's just uh yeah it feels like a 2020 release a little bit in 2021 but i'll still take them yeah and i think this also works with center stage so you have portrait mode center stage i'm pretty sure really interesting i, sh- I should try that out <laughs> yeah with the center stage thing i didn't mention like there are apps that you record the center stage so i'm imagining these 329 ipads kids could be pretty creative with like school video projects with center stage being their cameraman mm-hmm yeah, center stage is really, really cool. I really like that feature. So it's yeah, it it it, it is pretty. Uh, it's it's like a cameraman just following you around the room. So kids are more creative than uh, we can ever believe. So I'm sure they'll be doing something. Yeah, and I, I wish there was a in the next year's update to center stage add pet support so it could follow pets around. Ooh, <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone on video calls loves to see the little animals running around. Oh yeah, I, I love how people. This is not Apple related at all, but I do love how every, whenever you're on a call and like someone's like cat or dog like walks into frame or something, and they're like, "I'm so sorry about Benjamin or whatever," and they're like, "No, bring him on. Let's see the yeah, dog." Some fun in lives. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the other. Big thing I've really appreciated is the ability to just hit a button to save photos from messages into my photo library. I've been using that a bunch over the summer. Yeah, that's a great feature. They, uh, they're uh, any like large photo sets go into these stacks instead of taking up like literal feet of uh, screen real estate. <laughs> so that's really nice. Uh, and then yeah, you can just download them all to your camera roll with a single click. Yeah, and this whole shared with you thing. I've been finding some utility with it. Um, like it, it is kind of handy. Like there is a, like a movie in Apple TV, um, in the Apple TV app. That's like a reminder. Oh, this friend recommended me to watch this one day, and it's it just it's there as a reminder, and it's not kind of in my face kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the photos thing, I think the ones it picks are pretty good and it's in just another place I can choose to add it or, or kick it out if I want to. Yeah. Uh, I'm seeing it mostly with Safari. Uh, I see links that people send me and then, yeah. in the photos app, uh, just being able to like, see like all the things people sent to me recently in kind of under the for you tab. Uh, super nice. <laughs> it's a nice little thing. So I don't think like, I feel like people in general will say like, Oh, you should watch Ted Lasso. Not like, here's a link to Ted Lasso on Apple TV+. Plus. (laughs) So Yeah, that's a little bit more rare. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, okay, weirdo. That's a weird way to tell me that. Just, (laughs) I'll figure it out. (laughs) I I do send links to Apple TV+. Plus. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with the For You, your your recipients will will appreciate it even more then. So that's good. Yeah. It's mostly for people that I know will struggle to find it because they don't use Apple TV that much. Mm -hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So uh, spatial audio is everywhere now. We have it in FaceTime. You have simulated spatial audio in stereo if the thing doesn't support it. Yeah, it's it's super weird sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it is. 
It's like it's uh, I, I, I think it's off now, but I think it was on by default in, in one of the earlier betas. I was like watching. I had headphones on, AirPods on, and I was like holding my iPad and I was watching a video that I just took on, like took with my iPhone, iPhone video and was watching on the iPad. And like I noticed as I was moving my head around, like the audio was shifting and I was like, what's going on? And it was making it sound like the audio was coming from the physical iPad in front of me instead of just being all around me. And it was so weird. So I don't know. I don't know if it's, it's super weird for podcasts. Yeah. Like, don't listen to the show and spatial audio. It's weird. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's not going to work. <laughs> You're not going to get the full experience of us uh, chatting across the internet. <laughs> no. And then, um, a lot of little touches that I've really appreciated. Um, custom text sizes on a per app basis via Control Center is just great because some apps I want the text bigger, some I want smaller. Mm-hmm. It's great that just remembers what is what, and I think a lot of people will find good use of it. Yes, one hundred percent. I'm still uh, fortunate enough, I guess, to uh, have the text size cranked all the way down on my devices, but those days I'm sure will not last forever. So. This will be nice at that point. Yeah. And then as we talk about Find My a little bit, uh, I'm as I mentioned, it being useful to clean out your contacts app, I'm looking at my devices <laughs> list. I really, it pains me to do this, but I think I finally do need to clear this out because I've got, I've got like work computers I was logged into like a decade ago to job i mm. no longer have like five i like five or six work computers i've got like a fourth generation ipod touch in here <laughs> i've like my original ipad and it's just it's, it's yeah i i think i need to do some spring cleaning there yeah it might be time to let the ipod touch go <laughs> yeah do you keep your device list pretty clean on the <laughs> the find my uh, honestly i've never touched it um I've also really never used Find My to find a device. <laughs> I use it. Oh, really? I use it for yeah. um, like my wife and I share our location, and like when I'm like meeting up with family, like some or like meeting someone in a weird place, like we'll like temporarily share our location with each other. Yeah. So I usually use it for like uh, just looking for where people are. Um, so the list of like devices, and I think it puts your active devices up top. Um, it does. So yeah. I. I don't think it's horrible, but yeah, I've never gone through there and cleaned it up. It's probably it's probably pretty insane at this point, though. Yeah. One really nice thing that we'll talk about in the watch is with the Find My device app, it'll show you the battery levels of your devices. So that's kind of like yes, a that is cool really way nice. To check that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a really nice feature. I don't think it gives you like the exact percentage, but you do get kind of the bar that shows you yeah how each one's doing. Yeah, because that's currently the only way to see if your iPhone's close to dead or not. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> from the watch at least yeah. yes so uh yeah with the find my we get uh powered off support so if your device is powered off it'll still have enough juice in there for find my support which is cool yeah that's a, that's a pretty cool thing and the phone uh, or I, I assume the ipad does this too but when you turn it off it quickly kind of notifies you that hey your device will still be discoverable via find my yeah and uh this is more of an iPhone thing, but we should probably just talk about it now. If you leave stuff behind, it'll notify you. You can flag stuff as like good locations to not notify you about. And at first, I thought the iPhone was like the center of this world, but uh, if you have an Apple Watch, that appears to be you know the center of the Find My World. Especially if you have a cellular Apple Watch mm. and you leave your phone behind, yeah. it'll tell you, yep. hey, your phone's behind and kind of your watch knows, <laughs> your watch is with you at all times, it assumes. So. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. If your watch takes precedence, if it's on your wrist, that, that makes total sense. Yeah. That's worked really well for me. Um, 
uh, ever since they rolled it out, I think uh, whenever the Find My or the AirTags came out, I think they kind yeah. of added all that functionality, and it's here um, with a little extra stuff in iOS or iPadOS 15 and everything. It works. It works pretty darn good. Um, the biggest thing for me is it's really made me notice how often I take my wife wife's keys instead of my own because um, I have an AirTag <laughs> on my keys, and like every time I take her car somewhere, it's like it's always telling me like, Hey, your keys are left behind. And I'm like, I know, I know, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's pretty darn reliable. Like for me, I get the notification like a minute or two after I leave them behind. So it's soon enough for me to go back and like collect it. If it was a thing that I actually had to get, like if I left it um, in a public place, I'd have a fighting chance of maybe still getting it, I think. Yeah. But not so much that like, it's giving me false positives. I don't think I've ever really gotten a false positive from it. Yeah. And I'll get notified on this. And sometimes it's annoying because, like, I know you're in my car. I left you there on purpose. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is handy. And I think it'll come in handy as people um, are traveling more and stuff. Uh, I've got a Chipolo tracker and an AirTag. And uh, I've got uh, now two items in there. And, uh, yeah, my keys will tell me when I've left them <laughs> quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I just want to mention how handy it is being able to beep things. It's it's great. I wish the new wallet had a little speaker in it. <laughs> yeah, I have questions about the wallet. I'm curious how it works. My my uh, my conspiracy theory is that it literally has nothing in it, and it just, uh, for whatever reason, the phone will detect when it detaches, and we'll just mark that as a location, and that's it. Yeah, the rumor is, is it's an NFC chip that's in there. Okay. But, yeah, I'm assuming someone will tear that down. I would love, I saw this in Mac rumors, I'd love if a future wallet would charge over MagSafe to the wallet, and there's just a tiny little battery so you could beep it, you know? I guess you'd have to have Bluetooth at that point mm. uh, for that to work, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Sure. How power efficient you can make that thing. <laughs> Any Anything that can beep is good, right? <laughs> if you need to find right? it. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's it on Find My, right? And they added the powered off thing, and mm-hmm. the, they've really revamped uh, a couple things there. And then um, Translate apps on iPad. We have um, system-wide keyboard shortcuts and full keyboard navigation. Oh, the Find My widget is now on iPad and iPhone. Mm, and I guess, mm-hmm. yeah, we should talk about this earlier with the Find My. Um, the widget's super cool. Like, it'll tell you if, like, a person that shares your location with you is driving with a little driving car icon in the widget. So you can, like, know, perhaps don't text this person right now. Really? Okay. And this works. And this works even if they don't use the driving focus or anything like that. It just knows this person's traveling at X speed and they're probably driving. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't noticed that yet. Does the driver have to be on iOS 15 as well? No. The, yeah, my wife's on iOS 14 and does not use any of the driving features for iOS. And yeah, it shows up and it seems pretty spot on when that's actually happening. Interesting. I got to check that out. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Or it might be the it might be the contacts widget. There's both the contacts widget and a find my widget, and I think actually yeah, the contacts widget is what shows the driving icon. Okay, interesting. I bet you that shows their focus mode as well. I, I would wager. Oh yeah, I haven't had a yeah, I haven't shared with anyone that has focus enabled, but yeah, that'd be really cool if it did that as well. That would make sense. Like, hey, this person is uh, I don't know, it's the weekend for them, <laughs> or whatever, you know, <laughs> right. um, or they're they're sleeping yeah. or whatever. Like that would be especially if you're like working with people who are like across uh, the ocean. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. The contacts widget, uh, it'll show them the, cur- tell you the current location, like what city they're in and if they're driving. And if you tap in that, it'll pull up the new contacts kind of uh, panel with all the information they have there. Um, it's pretty nice. Huh. I got to check that out. That's pretty cool. And yeah, I kind of glanced over the translate app. That's, uh, seems cool. I don't know. Um, seems fine. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't do a lot of translating in my day to day. I do not either. And then uh, if you have a 5G iPad, like that mini or the pros, uh, you can back up the iCloud over 5G if you want to. Nice. Ma- makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. 
No, no. Scribble. Uh, we talk about Japanese. Scribble is now in Japanese. If you want to scribble in Japanese, you can. Um, and then the Reminders app has a total revamp, but I've not done a ton with that, have you? I've done literally nothing with it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nothing to add. <laughs> but pe- okay. people seem, Anything else tonight? Yeah, people seem yeah. excited about the Reminders thing. There's like tags and like some smart groups or something. Um, yeah. So definitely happy for Reminders users. Uh, it's just not a category that I fall into, sadly. Right. And then I think that's it for iPadOS 15. Do you have anything? any final notes on that before we move on uh no i mean all around i think it's a good update to the ipad i think it's not the legendary update that we are quote unquote all waiting for to like make the ipad waiting for just one feature matt it's external external display display support you're right that's the only thing that i think that we really were hoping for you're right so until they add that i will i will bash the ipad on social media forever but i know right (laughs) no i think i think it's a very good update um add some really cool stuff you you told me about some things i didn't even notice uh this summer using it so uh yeah i think it's a solid update obviously everyone's going to update to it who's eligible but um yeah, I think it'll uh, help people use the iPad a little better. Yeah, iOS 15 has stuff in there too. Pretty much a big overlap. I don't think there's anything. Is there anything truly unique to iOS 15 that's not an iPad? <sighs> not really. I'm, just, I'm sure there's something, but it's it's pretty. They're pretty in line this year. It feels like. Yeah, I mean, you have the health app on the iPhone, so there's like trending and stuff. But yeah, nothing super crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you've got the new maps and stuff, but that's on the iPad too. The wallet, the wallet thing, maybe, but. I haven't oh, yeah. gotten the chance to use any of that. My state's not participating in the driver's license thing. And I, I so yeah. wish I was on one of the states and the wallet is awesome. Yeah. My dad is. Ooh. So he'll get to try that out if he wants to. Okay. Yeah. My worry is that it's not going to be supported anywhere. So like, even if the state has it, like in the scenarios yeah, where... Yeah, my dad's in Arizona. So he's, he's in the very first state. I'm very jealous. Okay. <laughs> well played. <laughs> yeah. So Apple Watch. Let's move the Apple Watch, I think. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> so... Um, we're getting the square design, right, Matt? Yeah, squared off edges, uh, and they do not have any shipping delays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, none of that, yeah. Oh, okay, we could, yeah. Um, so Series 7 is out. I'm currently on a Series 5 stainless steel gold and 44 millimeter that I love, but they're always on display. Sometimes leaves a lot to be desired. <laughs> and you're on a Series 6 stainless this year this is the first year you went stainless i am this is the first year i went stainless and i'll i gotta tell you i hardly noticed the difference oh really yeah I, okay i really i think people i think uh a lot of people notice the weight difference a lot more honestly i don't notice the difference at all so <laughs> um it's pretty much a wash for me but yeah it's it's nice it definitely looks a little nicer like the shininess of it uh definitely feels more yeah premium. just like in certain in certain lights, just catching their reflection is just yeah. It's just beautiful looking at it at times, right? Yeah, for sure. It inspires me to use uh, more aesthetic wall or uh, watch faces rather than always just the modular infograph ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the gold stainless, I have the gold mill knees, and when I want to get classy, like it just it's just a beautiful uh, setup I've had. Mm-hmm. Like people that don't wear smartwatches, like oh, that's kind of beautiful. It's like yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, I I always felt like it's it's so hot. I'm in I'm outside Chicago, and it's like so hot right now and so i'm always falling back to like the velcro like sport loop yes. watches um so it's not really that fancy but like it's it's very comfortable yeah yeah i'm most of the year in the solo loop the green solo loop mm-hmm. and i love uh that band it's so comfy um but in winter and when i'm not working i'll put on the, the fancier one yes <laughs> so the series seven uh 20 i think this is a pretty nice update for what it is um 
20% larger display and 50% larger than the Series 3. Mm-hmm. We're talking about like pixel count, I guess. And uh, with that larger display, they're giving us a QWERTY keyboard and some new watch faces with more bigger complications. And yeah, brighter always on display. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, which is great. They Because um, in the Series 5, they introduced the always-on. In the Series 6, they made outdoor always-on brighter. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about these. these uh, their, their nomenclature here. So. Yeah. Uh, 2.5 times brighter outdoor is always-on with the Series 6. That's, what, 250%? Is that right? Yes. <laughs> and then we get 70% brighter indoors with always-on with Series 7. Mm-hmm. So, I'm I'm very confused about. I love this. Just like, what are the nits indoors and outdoors? Yeah, just tell me this. I I don't know what the nits are. I, I I definitely can say that the Series Six compared to the Series Five is more visible outdoors. It's noticeably brighter outdoors. Yeah. So that was a really nice update last year. I don't really have an issue with seeing it indoors, but it definitely is dimmer. So. Um, if it is like 70%, if it's nearly twice as bright indoors, yeah. I think that's great. I mean, obviously, like it's the goal one would imagine is to just have it be the same at all times. And sure. it's just, it's, you know, it, you don't even have to think about it. Like it's literally always on. <laughs> so yeah. um, they're making progress towards it. And yeah, I mean, it's it's not like the worst thing about the Apple Watch. Like I think it's fine indoors, but um happy to see them kind of move the needle on that. Yeah, I'm curious if outdoors is any brighter or like so we're two point five times brighter outdoors. Mm-hmm. We're gonna like let the Series seven because the battery improvements make some of those two point five we'll give you some of that indoors now. I wonder if that's what they're doing. And then outdoors is the same exact brightness. I would I would bet that's the case with like how because like the watch updates are relatively small in a lot of ways, yeah, and so they make a point of calling everything out. So I would say if it was brighter outdoors, they would tell you it's brighter outdoors. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, I'm super excited for this. Make that screen as bright as you can. Like that's like one complaint. Of the Series Five just uh, I love the always on, and I just want it brighter and brighter. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, the Series Five also took a battery life hit, I think, compared to the Series Four. Uh, I don't know how the battery life's been yeah. for you, but it definitely for me was not as good as the four was. And then the six bumped back up. The six made it better. It did for me. It did. Okay. Yeah, my way of fixing that is I just have uh, it set to always on display mode at all times, and then for me to turn on the thousand nit mode, I have to like turn crown or tap the watch i don't have the raised awake turned on as and that seems to get me through the day oh okay okay and that made a drastic difference in my battery life so yeah i i wonder what that would be like if i when i get the series 7 if i continue that same behavior if it'd just be mm-hmm. like even that much better yeah that's an, i should actually try that i've never actually turned off raised awake because i just you know the watch has always done yeah. that so i've just assumed i just you know default to that but you're right like with the always on display there's no real reason you need to have the screen turn on and the way like it works where like even if it's in always on mode when you tap the screen it accepts that as an input so like you don't need to like tap twice like once to wake and then once to like launch the workout app like you just tap the workout complication once and it immediately turns the screen on and goes to the workout app so i should maybe try that out and see if it uh, impacts my battery life yeah and with the watch os 8 updates um It'll be a more pleasant experience in those other apps as well. So mm-hmm. it's even less friction there. Nice. Yeah. That's a that's a good idea. I should do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd be curious to hear, yeah, better life changes. Because, yeah, for the Series 5, that definitely helped uh, me quite a bit. And, you know, this is 
so we've had a couple two screen size updates we've had uh, the three to four and now the six to seven mm-hmm. and the four also got an ekg so we are not getting any kind of health features this time it's just like the redesign and that includes it being a more durable watch um on stage they talked about the crystal being a better uh, angles and stuff but on the website they also made a point of saying the crystal itself that sapphire or that inx glass is 50 percent thicker than the old watches so it's just that's a seems a lot thicker of a crystal they're putting on there yeah i i hope and I'm, I'm curious is that comparing the well because the steel and the aluminum watches have different glass on them right already yeah and i'm assuming that's the same i'm assuming they didn't switch the sapphire on the aluminum that would be super nice and would probably have a lot of people go to aluminum instead if they did that well but then you run into the issue of they don't have a black one or a a silver one (laughs) in the aluminum anymore which is so weird Oh, well, they have that. I'll be continuing with my stainless gold, I think. Yeah. That's my plan. Yeah. I think I'm probably going to go with a steel one again because, yeah, Starlight. Starlight looks gold. It looks like a light gold to me. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, more durable is great. Like, one of my um, friends broke their Series 3 within 24 hours going rock climbing, Oof. and it was the most heartbreaking thing in the world because, like, it was, like, basically the cost of a brand new watch to get another one ouch replaced that's, or fixed that sucks oh <laughs> yeah yeah so hopefully it can fix stuff like that and then yeah dust i guess um it can go more dusty environments i really hope um with this more durable watch um so my series five uh had it replaced last year because the speaker started selling crap um and that's happened again so at any moment i could call apple care and do the uh, replacement to get a brand new watch um which I'll probably do when selling this watch, so the person that's buying it has like a brand new watch to get them started. That's very thoughtful. That's great, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> well, it seems like you know that's you make more money that way, and it's also it's better for them too. Sure, they can't use my Apple Care. Yeah, that's that's pretty. That's a pretty uh, clever thing to do. Yeah, I I'm curious what the uh, resale value will be because like the five, six, and seven seem pretty darn similar. Uh, in many ways, I wonder if the five is holding its value more. Yeah, and the five is the one that has always on. So a lot yep. of people are like, oh, I just want always on, and I can't buy steel in any other other configuration than you know the current one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and it was before this was announced. I was talking about maybe I'm going to hang on to the five because I don't want to get rid of my only curved Apple Watch. But it seems like this may be the final redesign of this curved Apple Watch, or maybe we'll get an iteration next year. Of this, do you think we'll get more of this design language? <sighs> yeah, uh, like it seems weird for them to change the watch body, and then the very next year for Series Eight goes squared off. It seems like they did four, five, six as one, mm-hmm. and maybe they'll do seven, eight as one. I don't know when we'll get another if we'll get that squared off thing that was rumored. Yeah, they've really thrown a wrench in my expectations because they did this, the original watch, then the next year was the Series One Two. And then the three and all three those. So for three years, we had the same design. We had the four, five, six, yep. the same design. So it seemed like seven, eight, nine, maybe we'll have the same design. But yeah, like, like you said, I don't know if they would make this updated design, which is mostly an updated screen, it seems, but um, it's technically a new design for just one. Um, and then yeah, it seems weird, right? Three years of this one does seem a little crazy, though, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's not bad by any means. So I don't know if I'm just looking for a change for change's sake with, I guess, with a fashion item that's not that big, uh, like a yeah stupid thing to say. But yeah, I, I maybe 
maybe we should be prepared for this to be the series seven, eight, and nine design, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's going to be the series. I I was personally very worried about the squared Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. I I had very much high concerns about okay what that would be. Yeah, I didn't have an opinion one way or the other. Some people seemed really excited, and other people were like, "Oh God, please no, please no, please no." <laughs> Yeah, the renders may be worried, but at the same time, it's like Apple will probably show me something that looks good that these renders aren't showing me the right yeah. thing about it. Yeah, renders are always like, I feel like I saw renders of the new IMAX like a few months before, and I was like, those look hideous. And they were basically the right thing. It's just the renders were terrible. <laughs> and the real ones looked really great. What do you think about a, a keyboard? I've noticed in WatchOS 8, it is much easier to like correct what dictation does. And mm-hmm. this keyboard seems like it's going to be a big win. I think it's great. Um, I used a keyboard on... I used an Android or a Wear OS, I suppose. Uh, watch for a little bit. I also used a Samsung watch for a little bit a couple years ago. Yeah. And they both had keyboards on them. And like, you know predictive text is pretty good and swiping to type is pretty good and like you can it can figure it out so like it is definitely going to be nice to have um because i usually dictate to my uh watch and sometimes i'll use scribble um but like if your watch is loose on your wrist scribble is really awkward (laughs) sometimes like you're it's so it's a little tricky to do and like five and s oh man yeah some of the scribbles just like come on no i'm trying to do this and yeah mm-hmm. so I, I think it does a pretty good job with scribble and like i can usually kind of get it to work but like i think the keyboard will be great to have uh for for en- entering text really quickly you're not going to type like a whole email but yeah i've i've flicked type still on my apple watch and that's a nice thing to have in a pinch and it works with drafts mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a shame about that app uh, yeah yeah, we'll see. yeah that's a that's a dicey situation <laughs> <laughs> oh yes it is Oh, God. Oh, man. Um, new watch faces. Uh, so World Time is coming everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I really like the design of World Time. This is a watch face that shows you your current time, has a little red dot where you live, and then has all these different cities around the world with where they are in the, the time zone spectrum there. So I can see, like, oh, I'm, in the U- I'm in the New York time zone. I can see all the way at the opposite of me is Bangkok. So that's, like, exactly 24 hours away from mm-hmm. me. And that's really nice. I tried the GMT face, and that face just always confused me a bit more this seems more straightforward yeah the gmt one always confused me i don't know if i ever figured that one out <laughs> yeah and it's really nice oh i can see oh in sydney it's uh right about sunrise right now mm-hmm. and you know you can you can see kind of like a little snapshot of what's going on across the world so that's pretty nice yeah it's it's a cool little watch face it's a little busy but you know looks pretty nice uh, at a glance and supports for and for uh, complications yeah four corner complications and the colors are just great it, it has t- I don't know. You can choose any color you want. And I looked, there's like even this more option of like going back all the way to 2015. Here's all the bands we released in 2015. <laughs> it's nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love their attention to detail on uh, these colors. Like they really are committed to ma- letting you match a watch band you bought years and years ago. Yeah. So that's pretty nice. Uh, the now one's coming everywhere. I think four and above. I don't, I'm not sure if the, the three gets. I'm uh, sure it's four and above. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, we're getting a cartoon. Um, we're getting a watch face that continues along the size of the screen. <laughs> I don't know how to say that word. <laughs> Continuum. Uh, that one looks really interesting. You've got these like numbers that are like as close as it can to the side. And it's, it seems like a very elegant face. Yeah. That one looks pretty cool. I'll probably try it for a little bit. Kind of looks, looks like a, a variant or kind of evolution of the uh, typographic watch face that they have yeah. now, but just just really Apple flexing on like this is how close the screen actually goes. 
to the edges. Yeah, it's like doing what the fire and water did for the yes. series four. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do wonder how the series four watch faces will adapt to this larger screen if it'll be more elegant than what they did for series three. I, I really hope so. Yeah, I hope so. They showed a little bit of like how the one of the infograph ones will like support two big widgets or two big complications. That's a new face. But yeah, that's, a, that's yeah, modular max. Modular Max. Okay, so it is a new face and not just... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I kind of... I hope, like, oh, they figured that was a bad thing last time. Let's, I hope this is more elegant this time. Um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Because, yeah, because we definitely had that situation for a while when we transitioned to the larger screens. The last time is that some of the watch faces were definitely, like, old school ones. And they were, like, second class, like, citizens. They didn't support the new complications either. Yeah. Um, like, the Explorer watch face that was the Series 3 was, like... Yeah, and like the utility watch face, I think didn't get updated for. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't great. So hopefully it will be. We don't, we don't know yet because those are shipping. Who knows when? But later this fall, later, later November thirty first. I'd imagine the photo based ones and like the fire thing, the ones that are more imagery based, would be easy enough to expand outwards, fill the whole screen. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I hope, I hope that they, uh, hope that they do it though. And then Nike is getting a Nike bounce face, which that looks just very whimsical. Yep. I I I, I think the Nike ones always look good, and I just never buy them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the keyboard, I find it very peculiar that the 44 millimeter doesn't have a keyboard, but the 41 does. I don't know if it's wider on the 41 or what kind of uh, uh, logic and screen size math uh, Apple uses for that. Uh <laughs> I don't I mean I don't think we're in the realm of technical <laughs> logic at this point. Right. We're probably in, logic. Yeah, we're in the how do we get Tim to buy a new uh new Apple Watch this year? <laughs> I know, right? Oh gosh. And then um we're getting faster charging than the Series 6 by 33% if you use the but they are bundling in that charging cord. It's a 1 meter it's a 3 4 foot USB-C charging cord. Yep. I have a little six-inch charging cord that's USB-C that I love. Um, and I'm curious if that one will also fast charge. I kind of doubt it, sadly. Yeah, I don't know. But that is that is definitely nice. And like the um, you can charge for eight minutes to get eight hours of sleep tracking. Battery life is really great for people who are like, oh, God, I forgot to charge my watch. And then mm-hmm. you're able to just pop it on the charger while you're getting ready for bed, put it back on, and... In theory, that'll be enough for you. Yeah, because right now my lifestyle is I basically come home from work and then my watch sits on a charger for a couple hours mm-hmm. and then I put it back on. Yeah. I, so yeah, I'm, I'm literally it's just charging because I want to wear it for bed now. Yep. As soon as I finish, as soon as I fill my rings, mine goes on the charger at night. <laughs> yeah. Am I crazy or did they improve charging speed? I thought with the six or like one of the other ones, there was another a charging advancement. I'm not sure if I'm remembering this right. Um, they probably did. I I don't have a specific memory of it, but they probably did. I don't know if it made a huge difference <laughs> in yeah. the grand scheme of things. I I feel like this uh this is a charging improvement that I think we'll probably remember more. Right. It seems pretty notable uh, compared to what we've got now, which I don't think is bad, but obviously the faster you can charge it up, the better. So I'm all for it. Yeah. And that's the thing with a magnet charger. It's like, okay, that's impressive. It's, it's, this is inductive. They're mm-hmm. proving that. Yeah. I, I wonder if I should, uh, re- I should, I should write a tweet, uh, like schedule to go out whenever these ship. That's like my Apple watch is so much hotter now that I do fast charging and maybe it'll go viral. <laughs> <laughs> right. You get a clear uh, uh, temperature sensor thing. <laughs> yes. 
that'll that'll be my full review great great watch but don't use the bundled in charger it charges too fast too fast Mm -hmm. you gotta have a controversy (laughs) oh yes the new colors for the watch bands disappoint me greatly i must say they're very (laughs) washed out like i have a very saturated nice deep green solo loop and now they have this pale pathetic solo loop so it's very sad this current crop of colors yeah the the one there's a there's one called maze uh braided solo loop uh that i think looks really nice but yeah i think this is definitely i wonder if this is just like the fall collection and it's just more desaturated colors this season and the spring right? yeah. collection will be bright and exciting and stuff but yeah i, I haven't purchased any of these new watch bands myself none of them quite call out to me if if only they revamped the the watch bands in winter i want some deep dark winter colors mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so the aluminum watches i i have to say the green aluminum seems to look amazing like it kind of looks like they're texturing it i know that's probably not accurate but it looks like textured and it looks almost black like it's it's like the perfect shade of green if i was going to get aluminum that seems like a very compelling color okay yeah the green one i think in their like marketing i see a lot of the green one that seems to be the one they like as well i don't know which one of these i would get they really don't have a neutral this year, which is uh, a little Midnight's different. Midnight's like sort of black, but not quite. <laughs> yeah, it's bluish. Am I, am I wrong? I'm trying to pull up yeah, a picture of them. Yeah, it's a little blue. All right, so you went stainless steel last time. Would you continue along that? You said you might continue along that you, if you can find like a good buyer and get a good return for your yeah. Series 6. Yeah, I think I will, um, mostly because I want a, like a, just a silver one again. Yeah. So I think um, that's a stupid reason to spend several hundred dollars more. <laughs> but yeah. That's... You won't go to the titanium for kicks. <sighs> Probably not. <laughs> I mean, if they're the same price, maybe, but. <laughs> they're not. They, they will not be. No. Nope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, I, and it looks like on the iPhones, at least, uh, the Pro models, it looks like the gold is slightly different. I'm not quite sure if the gold watch changed at all in their gold shading again. So that'll be curious to keep an eye on. Yeah, gold is one of those ones that seems to shift a little bit every year. It's kind of like space gray. Space gray means a different thing every year. And gold, like some, it's a little rosy one year, then it's very orange the next year. It kind of, you know, changes with the seasons. Yeah, it's very frustrating when you invest in the Milanese loop and they change the gold color. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, I gotta change the band. <laughs> I feel you. And the, yeah, the other watch OS thing that they announced was biking, and I don't do a lot of biking, but it seems cool. It does better fall detection and e-biking and uh, workout detection. And yeah. So yeah, that'll that'll be good too. I don't really bike either, but. Um... The automatic workout detection is definitely good, and um, I'm sure the those who are on an e-bike, although I guess you could just say you're on a real bike, um, but <laughs> the e-bike tracking is probably good because uh, if you're riding an e-bike right now and you're using bicycle tracking, it probably thinks you're a god who just is unbelievably strong and can pedal right. insanely fast. <laughs> Uphill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anything else on the Series 7 for you? Um, no, I mean, I'm looking forward to see if the screen is notably different. Um and I'm just, I'm really curious when they're going to ship uh, and how hard they're going to be to get when they ship. Yeah. Like, I wonder yeah. if they could have yeah. put them up on sale already, but they would have, like, shipping dates would have slipped, like, immediately. <laughs> um, yeah. It's unusual for Apple to kind of, I don't know if they've ever done this, where, like, they've announced an iPhone or an I- Apple Watch and then not had the date that it'll be available. 
I guess maybe they did that mm. with some of the old iPhones where they said like this yeah. will be available in November or October or something. But like just this fall is very much like, okay, <laughs> you, yeah. you really don't know when this is coming. You really don't. Yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, I don't know. Something went, went weird. Yeah. My, my September budget likes it though. Yeah. Yeah, fair, fair point. <laughs> um, so we do get Watch US 8 to play around with until we get the new watches. And I've been enjoying what little there is in this update. Uh, and there are some significant things that uh, some may say are little, but uh, the always on display updates have just been kind of transformative for how I can use the watch. Yeah, that is by far, I think, the biggest update in Watch OS 8. I think that is the thing, is that most of Apple's apps do it now, and third party apps yeah. can do it very easily. There's very little work they have to do to uh, support the always on screen. Yeah. And I wish Apple would be less stingy with the battery. I wish like they have the ability to update once a second, mm -hmm. but in, like the maps app, they don't do that. The timer, they only do it for the last 60 seconds of a timer. Like it would be nice if you could have a mode of saying always on. <laughs> yeah. Battery. Yeah, for sure. Like the maps one is the one that really gets me is just cause that one is like it, I don't need to update every second even like I just need to see like the distance until my turn and for whatever reason yeah. in the always on mode it hides that for me and I really don't understand the logic behind that <laughs> like even if you're going 60 miles an hour you're, it's only going to update every like six seconds so like that should be fine yeah. even in walking mode I like I did a, a maps thing in walking mode thinking oh I'm not moving as fast so clearly yeah you could show me this but no it's still in walking mode doesn't show distance exactly it will it will update the road name after you make your turn mm -hmm. instantly. Like it's, yeah. it knows for sure. And it, it does that update right away. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. I was like, is this a privacy issue? Does it not want someone to like look at your wrist and see where you're going? And like, I don't know if, if you're driving, weird. if you're I'm driving at this road, yeah. you're telling me what road. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing is even if it's like someone on the street, like you're still, you, they can still see the road name. <laughs> <laughs> so like how far away it is, is really just not helpful to anyone. It's it's a yeah, weird I think thing. it's the fact that you're driving and it might be fast and they want it to be totally accurate if they're going to do it and I don't know. Yeah, I I don't quite understand. I'm sure there's someone at Apple who understands why it's the way it is and has a reason for it, but I I, I don't really know what it is. Yeah. I wish there was a way of like with with the time uh timer, they have like, "Oh, you're in 1 minute, you're in 2 minutes." I wish there was a way in the mileage do you're in vaguely 5 miles away kind mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah, that's all I want. I want to know: Am I, uh, you know, a mile away from this turn, or ten miles away? Uh, and that—that's kind of what you need. Yeah, or kind of like how with the timer, like you said, you, it shows you the minutes, and then once it's down to a minute, it shows you every second. Like if it showed me you're five miles away, four miles away, and then it got a little more granular the last yeah. little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'd say the now playing is like one of my favorite always mm. on. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, additions there. It's like pretty much shows everything except for like the little indicator of how far along you are in a podcast, uh, that circle. Yeah. Which, which is fine. Like I, I don't miss yeah. that at all. I don't need that. And it's so <laughs> great because I hated that on the previous one because the now playing thing would like show up when I was like walking and like listening to a podcast, the now playing screen would pop up, which is cool. But because it was technically an app on the screen, it would fall back to like that, the digital watch face that just pops up over the thing. And so I'd get the stupid thing whenever I was like doing a, uh, doing a walk that wasn't a workout and so that was annoying and now it's just 
having that just be visible at all times. And again, since like the screen doesn't require a tap to wake up and then a tap to perform an action, you just tap next or whatever, and it skips ahead right away. Um, it's fantastic. I, it's it's yeah. absolutely the most uh, transformative update uh, in this uh, in this release, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think we were all saying when the Series 6 came out, okay, guys, where are they always on display improvements? Really thought we'd have Just those like last year. year. Yeah. I know. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and we're getting a portrait watch face, which is really nice. Uh, so I can see my little uh, kitten on my watch in a, a pretty way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I love the, the watch faces where the time is centered. You have so few of those. So that's like one of those that has the centered uh, time. That's right. Yeah. They're usually offset on the watch faces. But yeah, that one's right there in the center or I think up like the top third of the screen or whatever. But yeah, looks really nice. And one thing I noticed is... Um, the mess iMessages complication now seems to not get stuck as much as it used to before. I would click in the messages app on the watch and it would just like think I didn't look at the thing. That's good. Not a thing I've noticed, but I'll Okay. Yeah, you didn't have that in the past. <laughs> no, I, 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 like I don't think I have, but yeah, I mean the watch should be totally it should be a bug free experience, so absolutely a thing that uh yeah. should be improved if it wasn't uh perfect before. And then I love the fact that we have three separate find my apps in the watch and like, especially with like air tags. So if you're at the beach, mm-hmm. you could, you know, bring your keys and uh, the air. If you have a series six or seven, I believe it'll do the directional air tag thing. You could even play a game at the beach with your watch. Maybe you have some kids hide. Some air tags <laughs> in the sand. That could be interesting. Yeah. You could totally do that. <laughs> hide your phone and, or something. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, there's a find devices, items and people one. And it's, it's, yeah, it's nice to have all that there and being able to ping. Uh, I, I use the control center to ping my phone quite a bit, but it's Same. nice to have all that in there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, that's, that's a really cool thing. I also, um, I really like the timer app updates, uh, which are mostly, you can have multiple timers now. Yeah, and I guess if you use Siri, you can name them. I, you can. I wish you could name them with the keyboard. You know, in the future. Yeah that that would be that would be nice. It seems like a thing you should be able to do. But yeah, you can set. Um, I don't know what the limit is. I got up to twenty before. I was like, this is stupid. I'm done. <laughs> but you can get a ton of timers going all at the same time, and it works seamlessly. You can set each one as its own complication. Um, so you can have a watch face full of complicate or a watch face that's entirely timer complications if you want and like see the progress of all of them at the same time. It's, it's really cool. That's wild. Yeah. (laughs) Does it, it just shows you the time. There's no like naming in the complication. The complications don't show the name, maybe the big one on like the modular, uh, one would, um, but yeah, the small ones, yeah, they just show you the. It's the same timer widget or complication that we have today. Yeah, as I mentioned, you can use Siri to you know, say start a timer for you know um, the sauce or something. Yep, and then you have a yeah. potatoes one and a turkey one and all the all the timers. Yeah, and then I really appreciate the little in control center. This is there's this little like status icon you can tap into and it shows you're connected to your iPhone, creations requested, and you have the focus mode on. It's all kind of there. It's just. It's a nice little area. I don't know what else they'll end up, end up putting in. Yeah, it's just a just a, a nice nice little uh, quality of life thing. They didn't do the big uh, revamp uh, with the swipe up that you were hoping for. No, I don't think they're going to. But I I would love it if we could get some complications in there, um, so you could have that kind of new watch face that doesn't support any complications that like pushes the numbers all the way to the edge. But then you could access your complications really quickly. So mm-hmm. maybe That'd be nice. maybe uh, watch OS nine, right? There's always always next year. <laughs> so um, something that's just boggles my mind is in watch OS eight, it can now 
track your sleeping respiratory rate, even on, on the Series 5. How, how the heck is it knowing how many times I'm breathing per minute? <laughs> <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> right? These guys are, I don't know. They're, they're pretty smart, this guy's in Cupertino. Yeah, uh, they, I'm sure they figured it out. But yeah, I don't know how, I don't know how they do any of that. Yeah, it's, it's kind of... Kind of cool. Context app is actually a useful and kind of full-featured app now where you can add data to it. And you can, yeah, it seems like they've actually made a real app now, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, that one in the Photos app, they really got, I think the Mail app too, uh, they got they got some love this year. So if you're using those, they, they should be more full-featured. I think sharing across all of them has gotten easier too. Yeah, you can actually share a photo now from the watch, yeah. which is nice. Mm-hmm. I do wish you still can't make a phone call on the watch and leave the app to check something. That still is. That's your white whale. Yep. Yeah. And uh, there's still no notes app. So maybe next year we'll get notes. Yeah. I I definitely could see that as a thing on the watch. That makes total sense. We have a keyboard now, Matt. We do. We do. And drafts is on the watch and is really good. So it's Mm -hmm. a good quick capture thing. Quick notes. Yeah. The drafts update for watch OS 8 is amazing. Like, um, I don't know if you did this before, but you're able to like pull up all these notes and kind of manage them and append or prepend to the notes. And uh, the, this new ability to work with text is much better. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great great update over there. So that just came out, I think, as we're recording. <laughs> just shipped, yeah. so I haven't actually used it much myself. Before the OS was announced, we got the wrist clenching stuff in this fake mouse. I can't figure out how to activate this. Is this in here yet? Oh, you're right. Um, I don't know if it's here yet. I haven't tried it out. You would think it would just be pretty clear how to turn that on in the accessibility options. You'd think, right? And yet, <laughs> it does not appear to be here. Is it assistive touch? Ooh, it might be assistive touch. There's a, yeah, maybe. There's an option for hand gestures. Try it out. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's under assistive touch. Okay. So yeah, turn on assistive touch, and then there's a the hand gestures uh thing for inputs and you can do some stuff with that so it is definitely okay. in the uh in the 8.0 update that's going out cool yeah i'll have to play around with that the auto answers call i'm gonna leave off it seems a little dangerous oh geez no thank you <laughs> right never answer the phone <laughs> anything else on watch us eight um let's see uh it would let's see i like the mindfulness app i think that's pretty solid they kind of enhanced the breathe app. So there's now this mindfulness app that has kind of like workouts almost like it's, it is basically a replication of the workouts app uh, where you yeah. get a list of things. There's only two things on there now. Um, uh, but one of them is breathe, which is exactly the same as before. And this new one is um, I forget what it says. It doesn't say mindfulness, but um, it's this other it's basically meditation uh, where it'll give you a little yeah. prompt. It'll show you this cool little animation uh, about for like a few minutes and then you just kind of like sit there and think about whatever it prompts you to think about and you kind of go on with your day and it's a it's a nice kind of entry level i think into uh those mindfulness apps because like this like headspace and calm and those sorts of things like are pretty expensive uh so this is a a free way to get your foot in the door and see if it works for you and it's pretty minimal um so if you really like it you'll probably want something more but uh, it's a pretty good first effort, I think, for them. Yeah, I'm curious if they'll add more kind of things to this uh, in the future. It sh- it definitely it definitely you can see there was like someone who was like, now just make sure when you develop this, you're planning for more things in the future. <laughs> yeah, it is called mindfulness, so it has to be kind of in the same category. Yeah, 
Like, uh, I, I don't know what else they would add. Maybe there's different types of reflection you can do, but it, de- it definitely seems like the app is not going anywhere. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, they're more serious about it than just like this one-off breathe thing that they did. Right. Yeah. And I love, and you can, you can trigger focus mode from the watch and just, it's, it is fun. Like, uh, going through all the different focuses on your watch <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i wish it was like you said watch faces based on those but uh, like we talked about earlier you're able to um pretty easily uh set them just with a shortcut automation so at least as a workaround yeah. and then very quickly uh, i just want to chat briefly about the iphones that were announced um we still have the mini in the lineup and um <laughs> better battery life much better red color. Um, <laughs> I love that the storage got bumped, so I can now have a 512 gigabyte mini. That seems great. That seems great, yeah. The display brightness is now 800 mix- nits instead of 625, uh, the same 1200 max. So the Apple Watch is 1,000 nits, and that works really great outside. So I think that's like the gold gold standard of like what we need is 1,000 nits. So we're at 800. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the Pro phones did get to 1,000, so we're at like parity with the... Yeah, and... They get up to 1,200, I think, with HDR content. They can yes. light up parts yeah, of the display. Both, both the Pro and the... Uh, yeah, both the Pro and the... Um, uh, regular. The regular ones, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but 1,000 nits on the Pro phone, so it's going to be just as good as your Apple Watch looking at stuff outside, which that seems fantastic for the Pro models. Yeah, I think that's... I mean, that's that's super bright. <laughs> Right. that's like i we we're kind of numb to it because it just kind of increments a little bit every year but like that is a very very bright screen yeah my mini often dims if it's outside and uh it's uh, it's too hot let me turn yeah that bit. that is the thing is once the, the thing the phone just gets too hot then uh these, these uh <laughs> yeah. midwest summers get really hot and my phone even when it's just like sitting in like a the little like uh mount in the car uh yeah. sometimes i'll see the screen just like basically go black and i'm like oh it's because the AC isn't. I need to like direct yeah. one of the AC vents to the iPhone to cool it down. Thankfully, the watch doesn't have that issue. It does not. <laughs> it would be devastating if my watch got that hot. <laughs> oh, right. It's like it's too hot to look at the screen right now. Right. It's and it's it's strapped to my wrist. <laughs> yeah. The uh, cinematic mode seems really cool. Like I I'd have fun with that. I think. Yeah. I'm I I'm really 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 curious to play with that because I noticed the uh, artificial like shifting between subjects mm-hmm. like I, I definitely noticed that was a digital thing and it wasn't quite as quite how i would do it maybe necessarily with a real camera um but i did not know that it was artificial blur that they were doing when they were first doing the demo so i they did they i, I it wasn't immediately noticeable to me that that's what they were doing so in their demo at least it was really really impressive and way better than what we saw from uh, like the Samsung version that we've had for a little while. Yeah, and they only demoed it with people, so I, I wonder if Sherman could be a part of cinematic mode. We will find out within minutes of me having the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I was super jazzed to see that Dolby Vision 4K capture on the Mini can now go to 60 frames per second, which was exclusive to the Pros last year. Mm. Yeah. And that Pro Max camera sensor shift thing is also on the Mini. So the 13 Mini is just as good as that, or I should say better than the 12 uh, Pro Max was. Camera. 
Yeah. In in those regards, at least. Yeah. This 60 FPS HDR video, I think, looks insanely realistic. Like, I'm so, so happy with it on my uh, on my 12 Pro Max. It's, yeah. it's just so nice to be able to get that. Like, it looks really, really realistic when you're watching it back in HDR as well. It's really shocking, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. And then uh, there's ProRes video for the pros out there that want to capture 4K at 30 frames per second. I guess on the one terabyte model, you can get about four hours of video with that. So that's why that model exists, I would say, for the people capturing that footage. Yep. Yep. And I think those are already pushed out like a month or so <laughs> with ordering. Yep. So I bet they made like 10 of them and they're like, oh God, people are actually buying them. <laughs> yeah. Like I've already had um, someone comment to me like how expensive the most expensive iPhone is now. It's like, yeah, you're paying for storage. That's that's what it is. Yep. If you're if you're concerned about that, you are not the target market. <laughs> no. And as we said earlier, they doubled the storage for the the 13 uh, standard ones. So mm-hmm. with the regular pros, they always started at 128. So instead of like bumping the storage, they just added a fourth tier. Because <laughs> you know that's what you know. Why not? <laughs> and then uh yeah promotion i guess that's the big thing like uh, ipads have had promotion since 2015 no 17 no. 17, Se- 17 second generation. sounds right yeah <laughs> yeah with second generation ipad pro that's when it was introduced yep. 2017 yep and it's finally here in two four years later 2021 and uh i'm very excited for eventually five years later when we get a mini se that has promotion <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in fairness, the battery is going to last like twenty minutes with that on on a mini. But yeah, it's that's yeah. I'm curious about the battery thing because like it seems like the ramping down does enough to save the battery that like it kind of I think evens out mostly. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't I de- I'm definitely not an expert on the subject matter, but like I know that when Google rolled it out in the Pixel a couple of years ago with their 90 hertz screen, um, with that like they only did 60 hertz unless your brightness was up a certain level like so if you're it was a dim screen you wouldn't get it but if you had the brightness turned up you would it was all very complicated so do they ramp up and down on pixels i i believe it only does 60 and 90 okay so that's probably different like on an ipad i'm looking at a stationary screen with text and it's probably at like 10 hertz right now yeah so that's gotta be good for battery yeah yeah i don't it it was really cool the demo they showed on screen with like someone scrolling and using their phone and like showing what the to the second or to the like millisecond uh refresh rate was and how it really is dynamically changing just all the time yeah and how like you could have a video playing at 24 frames and a different part of the screen showing <laughs> the fast scrolling yeah that's, that's uh <laughs> that's so complicated i'm sure <laughs> and uh macro photography that's i think is a really cool thing we we learned that the ipad is capable of this now uh ipad pro through the halide app oh is it really yeah uh, apparently the ipad pros the m1 ones uh can do macro photography if you have a certain app that doesn't try to autofocus it away interesting it's like the first instance of macro but this is like a genuinely built-in probably much better macro in this the new pro phones that's very cool yeah I, i do that all the time with like product photography um but i have to use like a real camera to do it so uh um, anything that lets me use my iPhone for more photography is great. So um, the there's a picture, there's a video on their website with like someone playing a piano, and like you're right up next to the key, and it looks so so good. Yeah, and I'd imagine like older people that need to take a picture to look at stuff. This macro camera's got to be <laughs> great for that. Yes, <laughs> for sure. And then um, I guess the optical zoom is up to six instead of four on that telephoto. So that's like a nice improvement there. 
Yeah, th- 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 I'll, I'll give you three X, but yes, <laughs> I refuse to use Apple's. Uh, there's a six X focal range, and they like oh, they start from like the zero point five. Okay, it's anyway a three yeah. X or six X versus versus the ultra wide. Either way, yeah, it's it's totally nice. It punches in a little bit more. Um, I think three X is a pretty comfortable zoom for most things. I know you get those like telescope style, like weird, uh, systems they have that go to like 30 or a hundred X on some other phones. But, um, I think for most people, the three X is going to be just fine for now. So yeah, I think it's totally fine that Apple's not pushing the limits of like how far you can zoom. And they're just focusing on making sure it's a quality image when you are using the telephoto lens. Yeah. So yeah, oh, all in all, it seems like a solid update, especially for the pro models. Um, and uh, I believe you have won an order already. I do have it coming launch day, so I hope I love it <laughs> because definitely was not a necessary <laughs> update. But uh, yeah, some of those features I definitely want to try out. Um, and this is the first year in many years I'm going with the the max size, so it'll be fun to have a very large phone and see what that's like. Mostly looking yeah. forward to the battery life. Yeah, you only need a charger for a week. <laughs> Not, not the way I use my phone, but in theory. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're not just like certain users that get a Max that aren't heavy phone users. They just want a big phone. They just like, I never need to charge this. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. My mom up until recently had an iPhone 5, um, and she charged it like every two days. And <laughs> yeah, so so there's definitely lighter users out there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And yes, yeah, so you got the Max and Sierra Blue? Uh, no, I got the silver one. Oh, silver all the way. Yes. So you're, you're watching the phone. Yes, all silver all the time, I guess, this year. Last year I did blue and I loved it, but, okay. you know, yeah, yeah. got to mix it up. Cool. And then, uh, yeah, anything else you want to mention before we wrap it up? Um, I, I, don't, I don't think I have any more. We, we covered everything. <laughs> I think we did. I would say uh, check out your WatchOS 8 uh, review on... Um, your youtube channel it was uh it's pretty great um i love all the like just like the things you love most about watch os 8 and i like the i like the scene changes you're doing now in the videos that makes it uh, a bit more i don't know change of scenery is always yes fun. gotta keep it dynamic yeah that's uh that's on my youtube channel a better computer um yeah talked mm-hmm. about some of my favorite things in watch os 8 the things that you'll actually notice and <laughs> not just all the it's not a it's not a hour-long video that goes into every single nitty-gritty detail it's really this is a watch let's not get too into the weeds <laughs> sort of thing yeah i was just thinking i'd love to dig up like a really old watch that's running watch os1 and just compare the two today mm. 20 yeah <laughs> I don't know if any of those are still like kicking that haven't been updated. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they exist. I I, w- I wish that I had one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for your time. This has been a great, uh, just great catching up and catching up on all the new updates that are coming out uh, very soon here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Well, that was my discussion with Matt. My thanks to Matt for his time recording this episode, and my thanks to you for your time and attention tuning in. Make sure to check out Matt's YouTube channel, A Better Computer. And to support this podcast, head on over to patreon.com slash iPadPros or subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcasts. My heartfelt thanks to everyone that currently or has in the past supported the show financially. The show is not a quick one to produce, and it really does mean a lot. Even just a dollar a month on Patreon is greatly, greatly appreciated. With that, I'll talk to everyone again real soon.